Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. And today we are talking with Marisa Lupo. Marisa is a divorce coach. She helps women through the stages of divorce. She is so much more and you are going to just absolutely love this episode. Marisa is one of the authors in the collaborative book, Owning Your Choices, that we are releasing. So Marisa and I connected about a year ago and she had a story to share and wanted to share it in a collaborative book. And as we started to really dive into her story, realizing how much she had to offer other women, and it's not, here's another case of, it's not always about the story. It's not always just about the divorce and the stages that she went through. It's what she learned on that journey about her Self and how to handle herself in difficult situations. That's it. That's the lessons that we learn on our journey that can allow us to make an impact for others. So we cover so much in this episode. And I, I mean, I honestly wanted to keep notes. I couldn't because she was just dropping so many bombs, so much knowledge. She really really shares what it was like to realize and have that opening, eye-opening moment that she needed to get out of her marriage because of herself and where she was at. And she was in this relationship, marriage, where they've been together since they were 16. So everything had to change and it impacted the whole extended family, everyone involved, that it became such a point that so much of her had to change. She had to learn about boundaries. She had to learn about changing generational, breaking chains of what everybody knew as the norm. She had to learn how to truly put the oxygen mask on. And that is just a saying until you've had to do it, but she really describes what that was like. And she talks about how she had to learn how to get over the shame and how to give a voice to going through a divorce and what that is like after to completely reinvent yourself and how to trust yourself and how to listen to your intuition and how to find your voice again. And she really is paying this forward. So I absolutely love this episode. It is actually going to go down as one of my favorites. I know I say that, but this one, she really shares so much that even if you're not in a state of going through a divorce, I guarantee you, you will walk away with something from her podcast episode that is a gold nugget that literally will smack you on the head and say, she is speaking to me because there's so much, so much value in this episode. So sit back, listen. You might want to listen to this one again because Marisa is just absolutely gold. And I'm so grateful that our paths have connected and that she shares so much knowledge with you in this podcast. Enjoy. Thank you, Marsha. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited. We have spent so much time chatting online and on Zoom. We've never met in person. This is the beautiful part of social media. It really just brings people together. And there's just something, I mean, of course, I'm super excited because she's from California. I am not. Obviously, you guys know that. But I am so thrilled to have you here today. So Let's dive into a few questions so people can get to know who you are, and then we will dive into your story. All right. Sounds good. All right. Awesome. Just told you, where are you from? Where are you from in California? Southern California. I don't know if you know. I'm about an hour east of Los Angeles. Okay. One hour east. Yeah. All right. Let's just talk for a second. What's your temperature? It's actually, if you look at your weather map, it's totally raining this whole week, which is totally not typical because it's actually been warm for winter. So right now it's about in the 60s, but it's the, it, the whole week is raining. We're supposed to have thunderstorms tomorrow. 
Oh, that's not normal, is it? No. I mean, you never know what you're going to get for California. It could be winter here and it's 85 degrees outside. So yeah, you well, know, desert. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot better. I mean, we've lost a lot of our rain, but it's a, I hear a lot of our snow, but it's still better than what I'm seeing outside. So it's all good. Yeah. So yeah. Good. We need it. We need uh, it. Are you a reader? I, I am. I love reading. So tell me, can you tell me a book that was impactful for you? Oh God, the, the most impactful book was, um, it's How Did I Get Here by, uh, by Barbara DeAngelis. I don't know if you know her. I heard her speak at an event, um, maybe two or three years ago. I didn't really know her well. And it was like, wow, she was, she was very moving. She is. She's amazing. So I wasn't an avid reader, um, up until, you know, a while ago, but it was a book that it really actually just changed my life. It was the first book that changed the course of my life. Definitely. Oh, I loved that, it. Yeah. That's awesome. I definitely yeah. have to look into that one. Yeah. So can you tell me, do you have a favorite quote? Um, yeah, the, my favorite quote is a quote that I received um, kind of intuitively. Mm-hmm. And I actually have it right here on my desk because I look at it every day. And uh, it's the quote is, you cannot do what I need you to do if you continue to carry what isn't yours. Oh, my gosh. I need a screenshot sent to me of that one. Because how often do like you and I talk and we talk about like carrying what is yours? I love that. Yeah, I think as women, we carry our everybody, we carry a lot of stuff that isn't ours. And And it was a divine message that um, you'll hear about, or you'll read about in the book that we have coming out, but it's, yeah. it's something I look at every day. Yeah. Cause I, I, I just remind it. myself to stop caring what isn't mine. And you know, sometimes we, we can talk about it shortly, but it's the fact we don't realize how heavy it is until we stop carrying it. And then it's like, mm-hmm. Holy, was that ever heavy? <laughs> it was just so, way yeah. more than way yeah. more. Yeah. yeah we need to remind that. ourselves daily. Exactly. Do you have a favorite mentor or someone who's impacted your life? It doesn't have to be somebody you know. It can be somebody you've never met. It could be somebody you do know. Oh my gosh. I have so many. Um, but like, in, I would say like in the beginning of my journey, I didn't really have, I didn't have a lot of mentors. So I had invited people in my life like uh, Brene, Dr. Brene Brown. Um, I don't know if you follow Dr. Shafali. Yes. Um, I love her. Um, gosh, Mastin Kip. There's been so many. Um, I love Mastin Kip. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. I absolutely, I just, yeah, I absolutely love him. So like those people I would listen to daily, they were part of my daily, my, they were my friends. <laughs> oh, there's a reason we get along. Honestly, it's like my, it's no, it's the early stages of my journey. People are like, like, how did you get through it? And I'm like, Oh, I just listened yeah. to Tony Robbins and Brene Tony Brown Robbins. and Mastin Kip. Like I yep. did and YouTube at that point was like, yep. all I listened to was videos. Which is funny because the very, very first person I never was like, you know, into the world of self-help. I had no idea what that even meant, you know, in my, probably my mid thirties. And I Googled, uh, I don't know if you know who Ralph Smart is, but it was just this guy that who's huge in a YouTuber and he has tons of followers. And I, he was one of the first persons I think I kind of connected to digitally. And I just fell in love with the way he communicated. He's just like so energetic and full of life. And there's something about him. His videos are great. He has tons of YouTube videos. Yeah. Ralph, Ralph smart. Okay. No, I don't think I know him. Yeah. All right. Knowing you, I would love for you to share with everyone. What lights you up? What is something that drives you? Uh, I think just really my faith. Um, I think my faith and my family, my children, Mm -hmm. um, my purpose in helping people, so many things. <laughs> That's good. No, no, no. Yeah. That's great. That's awesome. I mean, we have to have something that lights us up, that drives us, right? We have yeah. to. Um, sometimes we can't always see that when we're in the thick of our stories. So I would love it if you would take us to whatever part of your story where you'd like to share, and then we'll dive into it from there. Okay. Um, so just a little bit about me. Um, well, as you know, I, I coach divorced moms. Mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, about eight years ago was when I went through a just, I, I kind of describe it as a very entangled divorce. And uh, I say entangled because um, 
our families were very connected. Um, we had been married or together for 19 years. Mm. And we're both, we both, our families knew each other before we were even born. So uh, we're, we both come from it. <laughs> I know your face is, <laughs> I love it because yeah, it you can see where this is going. It was very complicated. Our yeah. families are Italian and culturally, we kind of shared the same upbringing, the same values, mm-hmm. um, the same beliefs. And so in divorcing and, and kind of stepping outside of that, that situation and that marriage, you know, I say it's entangled because, you know, it was really entangled. Everybody was kind of involved in our, our divorce story. Um, it was just very volatile, um, hostile, you know, a lot of, um, there, there was a lot of critics and judgments in um, div- divorcing outside of the family. And so I was the one that wanted, my, why I wanted out of the marriage. Mm-hmm. And um, can I ask you just as I, I started injected one. So yeah. you wanted out of the marriage. Like what was the point that you went? I just, I think this is not just about being unhappy. This is a point where I'm like, I think I need to change. Something has to change. So oh, there, was, there was a huge turning point um, looking back on it now. You know, when you're in the thick of it, you don't really know how to describe it. You don't have the language. You don't have the words. No. You don't have the, you know, the awareness. So if you would have asked me what was it back then, it would have been very different than what it is today. So mm-hmm. looking back on it now, um, what happened around, you know, kind of like I call it the, just the tail end of my marriage was... Um, one of my best friends, who's like a sister to me, we had this bright idea um, to to start a production company. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my background was in real estate. You know, I had done real estate for 15 years, and but she was in events production. Mm-hmm. And so we had this idea. We both like really wanted to inspire women and uplift women and encourage women. Like we were both all about feminine energy and rising, you know, like you know, doing work to heal the feminine energy. And so we have this um, idea to start this production company and it, the company, uh, so we started planning this event. It's kind of a long story, but long story short, you know, we kind of both jumped in to create this company and it was all about empowerment, right? Mm -hmm. So we were going to do events that were all about empowering the feminine. What happened was, here I was living kind of this, this life where I felt this marriage where I felt very caged and sheltered. And, you know, I was just not fulfilled in this relationship, not really understanding that I, it was kind of deep seated, but I didn't really know what that meant or felt like until this production company and this event started happening. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden here I am and I'm inspired and I'm uplifted and I'm like on fire. Like I found this deep passion and desire that just, I think if you would have seen me back then, you would have been like, wow, like what's up with Marisa? Like she came to life. Like a light almost that came on. Right. Absolutely. This internal, something ignited inside of me. And I think that was kind of my like, uh oh, point of, oh my God you know, this is not good. (laughs) Cause it was almost like it let the cat out of the bag. You know, up until that point, I was very good at denial, at pretending that everything was okay. Just, you know, being the good girl, being quiet, doing what I was told, you know, following expectations of what a good mother and a wife was supposed to be. And then here's this, you know, other Marisa where, all of a sudden that passion gets ignited and I could hardly contain myself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this event took about a year to plan. And so okay. in that, the process of that, that was kind of like the, this unfolding started happening. It was just like all, everything hit the surface to the point where, you know, my husband at the time was just like, uh, what's going on here? Like you are a passionate person you are, you do have this deep desire in you, but you just don't have it for me. Yeah. Like when he said that, it was just like, ugh, you know, like I knew like it was time to face the truth of that as, as painful as that was, mm-hmm. it was time to start being honest. You know, here I am trying to inspire other women yet. I'm living this lie. 
I'm not living my truth. I, there's so much integrity in what you're saying right now. And I absolutely love this. Thank you for sharing because you said, I wrote down here, like you were really good at denial. I, I mean, how, like just the amount of energy, what does that take to live in that kind of in, integrity, like mix of integrity? So, you know, like I just, I, I explain it as just, I've constantly betrayed myself, you know, I, yeah. I constantly, it's just that knowing that deep knowing, but not having the courage mm. to be like, Hey, this isn't, this isn't the life that I want, you know, but, but at the same time, there was this internal struggle of, but I don't want to hurt him and I don't want to hurt my family and my kids. So it's like, just keep shoving, shoving it, keep suppressing it. You know, to where I, I, here comes this event and it was almost like a volcano erupted and I couldn't suppress it. I couldn't, it was almost as if my soul had enough Mm -hmm. and it wasn't going to let me live one more day of denial. Like it just didn't, you know, I, there was no going back. There was no No. pretending anymore. It was just like, I, I, this is it. Like, this is the point where I get real and honest as painful and as hard, hard as it was, because you don't want, you know, you don't want to hurt somebody. But then I realized it's at the cost of hurting myself. Oh, there's so much what you just said. And I, I love it because the thing is, is that we don't want to hurt others, right? We don't want to, but I think I can't remember the quote, but it's something, the fact that when you continually try to like protect others and not cause difficulties with everyone else, but you do it at the cost of creating a war within yourself, like it, yeah. that is a point where you can't turn back. Yeah, absolutely. And when it was ha- in my body, physically, it was manifesting in my body. So like my, I was healthy, very healthy throughout this whole time. Up until then, I started getting high blood pressure. I started getting cystic acne. I started um, having anxiety. You know, it was just, I wasn't sleeping. And so, you know, it wasn't just the mental part, but the physical part of my body that was shut. It was breaking down, you know, mm-hmm. and I really just felt and that was like the first signs where depression started coming into play where I just felt like, you know, and I write about this where I was like in a room, I could have been in a room with a hundred people and I felt like an absolute ghost where like nobody can see me. Like I had a full blown identity crisis. How could where you I- not though? How could you not? Like it's yeah. not honestly, it's, and, and a lot of people will be able to relate to what you're saying here. Like how could you possibly not? Yeah. And you know what the funny thing is, because you asked me what the book was that turned my life around and it's called, how did I get here? And I literally during the, you know, when I, we finally threw it out there that we were talking separation and divorce. Like when I had this identity crisis, I (laughs) I turned to Google because I was the only person that I could trust. And I literally typed in, how did I get here? And that book popped up and I, I, it was just crazy how when you ask the right questions, yeah. the universe responds instantly. And it was the first time in my life where I just was like, you know what? No, like I need to put the oxygen mask on. How, how did I get here? How did I get to this unconscious relationship? How did I allow this to happen? You know, cause it's really about taking ownership right? Owning your choices and, and blame, blaming anybody or my family or him or anyone wasn't going to turn anything around. And I knew that without really, I knew that intuitively, like I really had to take, if I wanted my life to change, it was time to take responsibility and to grow up and to be a, a grow up. And what that means to be a grown up and stop allowing everybody to pull the strings you know, so it's you really just like dropping gold left, right, and center right now. I'm like, wow, there's so many things I could do with it. And I'm so proud of you, so crazy proud of you, because I know someone's going to be able to relate to this. Like, you have to take that ownership. And I think where a lot of people, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't gone through a divorce, but where sometimes when people are in this situation, and I've had friends who've gone through it, they're like, he is doing all of these things wrong. Like he is the problem. He does this. You've taken it from a standpoint where it's like, I just knew this was manifesting in all areas of my life that it was not good. It was like literally killing me slowly, suffocating me. Right. And I knew it wasn't working for me. So you took, like, did you actually 
I mean, not that I, did you take ownership right from the beginning? Did you find, I mean, I can't, I don't know any person that doesn't fall into the blame game. So definitely I'm not going to sit here and say, I definitely didn't blame at some point or another, but um, you know, I had been seeing a counselor at the tail end of my marriage. And so I had a little bit of awareness Mm -hmm. around getting help. And so I, I think when I sat down to the computer and I was just like, look, this needs to change. And the environment that I'm in, you know, I put myself in this situation. I asked for it. Nobody forced me to choose this man as my partner. Nobody forced me to get married. Nobody forced me to lose myself. I, I decided that. And, and, you know, as when I coach women, you know, a lot of times, of course, we all get into that. We want to blame he's this, he's a narcissist, he's controlling, he's this or that. And not to say that any of the, you know, of course that's painful. It's, it hurts. It's painful when there are things that are being done to you. I get that. Like there, you know, I don't want to discount anyone's pain story, but at the same time, if you don't take ownership and realize that you have the power, you have the power to remove yourself and take yourself out of any situation. Nobody's going to do it for you. And I learned that the hard way. I learned that the environment that I was in I was on my own because I, everybody shut me out. Everybody, you know, when you try to get out of a marriage that's entangled, you're, you're not going to walk out and just be like, you know, good luck with yourself. No, you're going to be strong arms. There's going to be a tug of war. There's, there's going to be a lot of hostility walking out of that. And I knew that mm-hmm. I knew that, which is why I had to take ownership because if not, I would have stayed in a situation mm-hmm that wasn't serving me any longer. So do you think that if you don't take ownership, because I'm just going to try and ask a question based on what you just said there. If you don't take ownership, that it gets really hard to stick to your decision, that you're almost like you talked about the strings back and forth at that point. Yeah, absolutely. Had I had not taken ownership, I would have been asking and confiding in everybody, what should I do here? Mm -hmm. If I had listened to those people instead of listened to myself, my inner knowing, my voice and my spirit within all those people wanted me to stay in the marriage and work it out for the children, for this and for that. And I realized that for those exact reasons is why I needed to get out of the marriage. So if I didn't take ownership, yeah, I would have never found that power to, to move out. And, you know, I, I say this, that was a blessing to me. And I can say that now, the fact that everybody turned against me and nobody supported me and supported me. And there was critics and judgment and shame and guilt that shut every door. It kind of burned all the boats and left me on my Island alone to really find my strength and my power. And that's where I learned to connect inside to the, to the, the spirit and the voice that I had within that already knew, already knew what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, one of my friends at the time, my best friends, she was also going through a divorce at the same time, coincidentally, or having a lot of issues in her marriage. And she, at one point, um, she put up, instilled a lot of fear in me and was just like, oh, but you know, have you tried everything? Maybe you need to work it out for the children, but you know, this and that. And like, I really let it get to me. And, and then, so we had this conversation, but you know, maybe there's something we didn't try and maybe we need to do this or that. And we did have this conversation and I, it was like my soul knew it was like, as we were having this conversation and he was talking and trying to put restrictions, mm-hmm. put me back in the cage. Yep. It was almost as if somebody was choking me in that moment and I, I couldn't breathe. And I literally was just like, no, I can't, I can't do this. Like, forget we even had this conversation. It was like, you know, Marisa, you're not going to deny your soul again. Mm. Like I'm here to give you this lifeline yeah. and you need to take it yeah. and don't second guess yourself. I had no doubts that I, this marriage was not serving me. I had no doubt that I was done with the marriage as painful as that was. I knew my mm-hmm. marriage was over and I had to accept that. Yeah. I just, I love everything that you're sharing there. I think you are sharing so many key nuggets that I just think are so important. And when it comes down to, again, it's not pointing fingers at family. I just want people to be able to relate to this is that when everybody is resisting what you're doing and they are like fighting you tooth and nail because they don't want you to follow through on that. What is that all about? Like, why are people doing that? I mean, you know, first of all, you have like my family, which is 
Italian, that cultural, you know, you have to understand the Italian culture and it's not just Italians, but what yeah. I grew up with is, you know, there's this, this sort of shame and like when you, 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 I'm was almost like a direct reflection of my parents, of my family. Right. And so I'm a continuation of my mom and dad. And so when I step outside the marriage, it's a disgrace. It's a dishonor to my family because they see me as them. It, I, and I, I, you hit the nail exactly on the head is it reflects on, on them. Our choices reflect right. on others. Right. And, they yeah. yeah. They couldn't differentiate the fact that this is my life and my choice. They couldn't support that because all they could see is the family and what are people going to say about us? And what are people going to think of my daughter? And what are you talking about? You have everything, this perfect life on the outside. It looked amazing, beautiful. Yeah. We, like I, we literally shattered people's worlds because they, they would say to us, but if they can't make it, what does that mean for my marriage? And so we were like the epitome of the ideal marriage in the Italian community. And so it, you know, for us, we didn't just, it wasn't, it wasn't my divorce. It was our divorce. Ours it affected everybody. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it was like our divorce was the main earthquake and then the aftershocks kind of, you know, it, it was felt for years, years later. Yeah. It ripples. It ripples in a way that people can't do like, and it's very hard for a family. Um, it's a generalization, but it's very hard for family to separate themselves from the attachment of what someone else is doing. So when I was going through a lot of issues with my kids and substance abuse, my first reaction was like, I was a bad mom. I'm a bad mom because they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And then when other people would say things at me critically, I'm like, right, see, I am a bad mom. They're saying that too. They see it too. And that was, it was like, really, you have to separate that identity from, so you had, I mean, I mean, a divorce is, is a, I have a number of friends who've gone through divorce. That's a challenge in itself. But now you combine what's going on. Like you have to, you know, the adjustments with your kids that also has to be a top priority. It almost has, like, all that has to come as a priority more than right. how my family's dealing with it. Oh, yeah. That's why they say to put the oxygen mask on yourself. Like, I, you know, in the book that, that's coming out, I write how my divorce was my crucifixion. Like, yeah, I knew it had to be it. done. I knew people were going to turn their backs on me. But I also knew that it wasn't my job to make sure that they were okay. Like, I had to put the oxygen mask on me. And so that way I could be the mom that I wanted to be. And I understand that. I get it. You know, there's been a lot of forgiveness that's happened because of this situation. It has actually healed my family to where we've had a deeper connection. It didn't happen instantaneously. I had to set massive boundaries. It got ugly for a long time. But because of that, you know, I realized that this is generational. I realized that I was breaking chains here. I was doing more than just getting a divorce. I was breaking general generational chains that were being passed on down the line. And that that's difficult. It's difficult to do when you realize this is more than just divorce. It's so breaking generational chains. I completely agree with what you're saying. You are changing the dynamics of how right. things go. And that's difficult, but staying is also difficult and ignoring that is difficult. It's all hard. It's all hard, right? I always say all the time, it's all hard. You just get to choose which hard you want. And it sounds like when you're at a point where you're saying no to what your soul is saying, like no more of this, right? Yeah. That becomes like, what is the greater of the two evils? And you chose what was best for you. Right. And your kids. And that's, I mean, so I'm, first off, I commend you on that because again, I've had not walked the, I've not walked in those shoes, but I understand the emotions of what you're talking about and that isolation that's there because it's devastating to extended family members. I had family members say, what am I supposed to tell my friends? I'm like, I don't care what you tell them. <laughs> right. Right. Who are, who are these friends? I don't you even care. know who they are. <laughs> like they're not here in my house trying to figure this crap out every day. Like, I'm not know. raising your children. No, but it's just a reflection. You, I mean, in the beginning I'd be frustrated and then I'm like, well, they just don't know what to do. They don't know how to, they don't know how to handle this. 
Right. But if you live in this culture that, that values that, right, because you have to understand this culture, this, this small bubble that we live in. When I got a divorce, the the kinds of things that people said about me were, um, she's a drug addict. She got divorced because she's a drug addict. She's a lesbian. Cause why would she, that's why she left her husband. Cause and um, she's a stripper. That was the, another oh, one that I heard. So these crazy. things, yeah, and it and it makes me laugh because it Sorry, actually puts. Not. <laughs> no, it's you have wow. to laugh at it because it really does put things in perspective. Like these are the people, the they that you're talking about. These and it and it was a reality. I needed to hear this because that's who I was living my life for. These people, oh, the they, wow. they, they're the they that were saying these horrendous things with, you know, I don't even know where that information came from, but it was kind of a slap in the face that I needed to be like, Hey, this is who you're living your life for, mm-hmm. you know? And so you need to dial it back in and just live your truth. And I think once you step into that place of starting to live your truth, you don't need to say anything. The less you say, you don't need to defend yourself. You don't need to say a word because people will see who you are eventually as you're living your truth, they will see who, who you are. And that's, that's what's happened after all these years. And if they don't see your truth, that's okay. Right. See, that's okay. That's That's okay. okay. That's not, I don't take that personal. That's their business. And I try to stay in my lane and I try to keep reminding myself, you cannot do what I need you to do. If you continue to carry what, what isn't yours, mm-hmm. what isn't mine is worrying about other people's opinions of me. That's not mine. What isn't mine is carrying guilt and shame. That's not mine. Those are the things that the limited things that I was carrying. These, this was the dead weight that we carry. These are the knots that need to be untied in divorce because this is what we carry. And then we pass that on to our children we let them start caring what isn't theirs. And so in order to, to, you know, make change, we have to be willing to get uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like we have to be willing, and you know, it's ugly and it's hard and it's painful and it's scary and you feel isolated and alone, but that's the moment where you can actually use it as an opportunity to really get, go deep inside yourself and do the real healing, the healing that hasn't happened yet. So, and then again, you're back to responsibility and the fact that you are responsible for your healing. So that must have been, how was that journey for you? Because now I'm going to paint a picture. You're almost, you're isolated from a lot of people. You've done the complete opposite of what everyone wants you to do and what everybody thinks. And now we've got, you're calling you story. I'm like stripper and drug addict. Like it's, so this is what makes people, because it makes them look better, right? Right, right. It makes them feel better as parents because they don't feel like they're feeling, you know, if I can just put the spotlight on Marisa, you know, we, we joke, my friends and I joke about it because we say I hit the front page of the Italian newspaper. You know, if she's on the Italian newspaper, then me or my family won't be there. So if we can focus on that, you know, that'll keep everybody entertained until the next drama happens. And it's like, you know, and it's just very simple minded. But for me, I realized, okay, this is not going to grow me. This is the environment that I was raised in. What, what now? So when I say that I had a full-blown identity crisis, how could I you really, not though? Like, how could you not in all fairness with what right. you're going through here? Right. So, you know, it was, I had a, basically a dark night of the soul where I was at home. We were still living at home together in a separation, mm-hmm. uh, you know, waiting for our divorce. And, uh, I was home alone and I just started like, really, I was angry and I wanted answers. And I was just like, who the hell am I? And like, how did I get here? How did I lose myself? Like, who was I before I became a mom, before I became a wife or any label? Who was this person? Like, I really did some deep searching that connected me back to me as a child. Like, what was I? I didn't even know what I liked anymore. Like, what was I, what am I even interested in? What do I want to do? Like, I know this is, this can't be it for me. Like this Mm -hmm. suffering and this limited cage that I put myself in, this can't be it. There has to be more. And it, that was the the igniter that kind of sparked everything. 
I, I remember a point in time and thinking myself like this can't be it. This cannot be what all my life If This is all my life is about. I don't want this anymore. I don't want this. This is not, this is not living, right? It wasn't living. No, it was dying. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because during my separation, I have this dream where I didn't understand what it meant until a while later. But in this dream, I was in this body of water and I was floating. I was kind of floating flat and in my right hand, I had my wedding ring. And there was another me kind of hovering above her. And as this, the, per, the me hovering, she was, I was slowly sinking down with this wedding mm-hmm. ring. And I was just oh, like, wow. well, yeah, I was like, what does that mean? And I just sat and thought and thought and thought. And I was like, wow, like the old me, the, the Marisa that I was like, that person had to die. Like that mm-hmm. girl, she's going to be rebirthed. And she, that the old me didn't exist anymore. The married woman, the, the mom that I was, the disconnected soul that I was, I had to let her go. I had to let her go and set the process of rediscovering now what? Where do I go from here? It's like starting over. Oh, I, there's so much in there. And I just thank you again for sharing that and being so real. Because I remember times where, and I've said this to people that, um, like part of me had to die. Part of my thought of what my kids were like had to die. Like the whole image, the picture I had created had to die. It had to go. It had to go so that I could learn to be happy with what I had, to be happy with where life was at. That image of what we think life is supposed to look like, which is, I don't know where we, we get that from other people. Like it's, <laughs> right. it's not, not ours. Borrowed. We never question that. No, we don't yeah. question it, right? It's just, just borrowed and passed down that that's right. what it's supposed to look like. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we carry this old programming and like I say, we just have to reinstall new programs, you know, delete programs that aren't working for you. Not to say that there isn't anything that we've carried that isn't beautiful, right? There's a lot that's beautiful there and that should be cherished and loved, but there's a lot that isn't ours and that isn't serving us. And so we have to let that go. We have to let that part and be okay with it. Like, you know, it's okay. Well, No, exactly. The things that we learned before took us through those stages. And then all of a sudden it's like, we can't take, I use the toolbox analogy, right? We can't carry the same toolbox throughout every part of our life and it applied to every single problem that we have and expect it to fix everything. It just doesn't. And so sometimes we have to learn that we just, we have to apply different ways to learn how to handle what we have. I love the delete and reinstall new programs. That is an amazing thing. I mean, we're like computer programs, right? We're like constantly taking information, but so we don't delete stuff that's not there. But, you know, at the time that I was going through this, you're right. We don't have the tools. We're going to do what what we're going to do with the information we have. So that's why... I needed to get help. That's why I needed to reach out. That's why I needed to detox my environment. I needed, yeah. so it, there's a lot of tools that have to be put in place, which is what I teach women through, you know, my coaching is, right. you know, you, these are the tools to get you out of that mindset, to get you in a better environment, in a, you know, to get you the support that you need because the environment you're in got you to where you're at, mm-hmm. right? So in order to change that, mm-hmm we need to, to look at that and see what's not working. Yeah. See, I, you just have so much wisdom. Um, one thing I know about you personally, obviously you're in the collaborative book, but I also know just from reading your work, you're an incredible writer. Like you are such a great writer, but I also like, as I'm listening to this podcast, I'm like, why did we not record this sooner? You have so much value to offer so many people. I love it. You're a great speaker and you've got great information to add to people. And I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. All of it. Actually, all of it. I'm still laughing about, (laughs) I'm still laughing about, I know. Anyways, it's all I know. It's it. You have to laugh at it because really it's, yeah. I mean, I, I, at first I wasn't laughing very hard about it. I was just like, wow. But yeah, if you, you got to be able to get to a place of laughing and forgiving because, you know, it just, you don't understand what other people are going through. Like, I really don't hold any anger or resentment for, for the situation. I'm grateful for all of it because all of it has made me who I am today and it's made me stronger. It's really, 
help me own my story and find my strength and find that voice that was buried somewhere because I, I, I was able to reconnect to that. And had I not, had I had been supported back then, I wonder if I would be here today. I wonder, like, I wonder had I not challenged myself and pushed myself, would I still, you know, just be, would I still be in that cage? Maybe it, the door would be open, but I would still kind of be teeter tottering and really finding my strength, you know, so I am grateful that I wasn't. Would you, you wouldn't have to find your strength in a way, right? right? Like, I think you've been, I think you had to. Right. Because I was using everybody else's strength, Mm -hmm. you know, and the minute that they forced me to, to go inside and look at the strength that I had buried in there was when, you know, that I wouldn't have done that because I would keep using them as a crutch, Mm -hmm. you know? So it's, it's, Yeah, it was just, it was difficult. It really was. And years later, I can get to this place of being able to talk about it and being able to encourage other people. But when you're in it, you don't see that light. You know, it's, it's complete darkness. It's complete isolation. It's painful. Mm -hmm. And it takes time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It takes time. Can I also say, can I put in context for people? Like how much time are we talking now from the point of divorce? So my separation and divorce happened, this is eight years ago. So we separated in uh, 2012 Mm -hmm. and we were together since we were 16 and 17, Marsha. Like we grew up together. Yeah. We, he was all I knew. He was all I knew. We literally morphed, I think, into the same being, which is, you know, it was what everybody else thought we should be. And so, yeah, that many years, so 19 years, and now it's been, yeah, since 2012. It's so that, so just to put into a framework for people that you're listening to it and going like, oh my gosh, that's like, that's a, like, how does she speak like that? How does she think like that? Well, I'm going to say, yes, eight years have passed, but you've also been actively working on yourself in that time. It doesn't just like automatically you separate and then you are like the strong being that you can not. Oh no, I've, I've had my share of coaches, counselors, mentors, teachers. Yeah. You name it. Yeah. It definitely is a journey that you need support. You absolutely need support. So you've stepped into the realm of coaching and divorce coaching. And I just, I want to touch on it. And I know, you know where I'm going with this is that even a year ago, you weren't ready even less than a year ago, like, you know, six, Mm -hmm. seven months, you weren't ready to call it divorce coaching. How did you get there? Like, how did you get? So as I was originally relationship coaching and I thought, you know, here I can help people. I got certified as a coach. I can help people have healthy relationships and not just with their partner, but first with themselves. Right. And so through the process of writing the book, you know, the, our book together, we, I, through writing that story, it opened, it opened me up again. And and I was, I had to go deeper and deeper into those parts of myself. And, and I had to sit there with my story and I just, you know, it was painful. It was eye opening. You know, I mean, it really was healing. Mm -hmm. And I think through that journey, it, I was just like, like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like this, this is who needs me right now. These are women who are going through this painful story that I am writing right here. They need this right now. And I really feel like that's where I was being pulled. Like that felt authentic to who I am Mm -hmm. because of what I went through and experienced. And my, my divorce has so many layers to it. I mean, I had custody battles and you know, my son wanting to leave the home at 15 and live with his dad and bound massive boundaries, not talking to my family. Like you name it, I've, I've lived, I've probably lived it. Right. And so I just thought, you know, I, this is where I'm supposed to be at. Like I have to help women. It, it's much needed. And I think when people aren't really talking about it, you know, they're talking about it in other ways, but there's a stigma around divorce still. There's that shame and guilt. <clears throat> and I think that I just, I want to shine light on that. Like r- really, we need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of the, the guilt and the shame that women are carrying around being a single mom. And how do we get rid of that? Like, how do we get rid of guilt and shame? Well, I mean, that's part of the program that I talk about in, 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 you know, in coaching uh, the untying the knots of divorce, but really it, it, you get rid of it by just sinking deeper into your truth. Again, that's why I got that message of you cannot do what I need you to do. If you continue to carry yours, 
that wasn't just my message. That's our message. It's a message message that I'm supposed to be spreading. Like what I realized is I was carrying this dead weight, this anchor, and I do have a purpose and it's not to carry this. This doesn't come from God's source, you know, whatever you believe in the creator. That's what we put on ourselves. And it's a useless emotion, useless emotions that we're holding me back. And so my goal is to, to, you know, teach other women that that's stepping in the way of their purpose. Like that's not why we're here. We're not here to stay stuck in pain and suffering. Yes, it's a great catalyst for change, but that's not, you don't unpack your bags there and stay stuck. You use that. You know, my goal is to now use that to help other women realize that, you know, they're carrying the same thing, right? Like with you, with your sons, carrying that guilt and shame. And how was that benefiting you? Oh, how was that serving you? <laughs> it was awful. Right? And No, it was awful. And I mean, it also reminds me many times that I'm like, who... Who am I not helping by not showing up in that space? Who am I not making a difference for? Who am I, like, because I remember at a time praying that I could find an answer or support somewhere. So I always think of it is that if I have a solution, that me holding on to it is selfish. It's not, it's not about me anymore. I can't help that probably more than half the people aren't ready to hear the message. That's okay. Right. right. It's not right. okay. That's okay. We have to right. be in the space. But we talk. Voices, what you're doing, when you add voices to your story, when you actually talk about what is happening, like that is the one way to get rid of shame. Shame cannot yeah. live if we are speaking. It just Absolutely. can't live. Shame yeah. loves when we go into secrecy and oh, yeah. pointing and blaming. It loves oh, yeah. it. Like it's right. Like, and that, I mean, what's more vulnerable than us right now talking about our story oh. and, and shedding light and giving other women permission mm-hmm. to share their, theirs. And what I also realized was that shame and guilt was putting a wedge between me and my children. It was this mm-hmm. invisible, you know, energy, dark energy that was, you know, I was trying to be controlling because I didn't want to feel this shame and guilt for stepping out of the marriage and wanting to leave. Like I didn't want to feel that. So I had to control the environment. And I realized that was pushing my children further and further away from me. And so when I released that, it opened up space mm-hmm. to free that energy between, you know, my children and me. So we don't have that. I don't have that between us anymore. Oh, and you know, I don't want to that? pass that on to them. No, you don't want them to carry it. Like you don't want to teach them to carry it as well. And here's the, again, I preface, I have not gone through a divorce. So I'm just, I just, but I have a friend who just is going through one right now. And as we were talking about it, um, before she just, you know, I don't know how to decide. I can't, I can't do this. I don't want to live like this. And she just go back and forth and back and forth. I have to stay for the kids. And I said, can I just paint one picture for you? So you're miserable in your life, like miserable in your life, miserable in your marriage, miserable at work, like everything you are, you just admitted and not, this is what I was saying to her. So are you not telling your kids that they're like, it, first off, it's their fault that you're miserable right. because you're staying because of them, but you're also painting a picture for them that this is what marriage is. Right. Absolutely. You're their role model. And you're that's, their- that's what made me decide to leave the marriage because I envisioned myself in my 60s, in my 70s, and I envisioned a woman who got very bitter and spiteful and angry. And because I made those choices to neglect my spirit, and that was, that would have been my call. Nobody would have forced me into that. Right. And that's not what I wanted. That wasn't the legacy I wanted to leave my children. Absolutely not. No, I just, I think there's so much to what you're saying right there. Like, I just think that is so, so if you, if, if you're listening to this and you choose to, I have another person that I've worked with to give you a scenario. And this is an interesting perspective as a, so there was infidelity and she chose to take this person back to take him back, which was her choice. Mm -hmm. But everything about the relationship is beyond toxic because she just despises him for what he did. He is like filled with guilt, trying to constantly make it better. And you're watching it going like, Oh my God, you guys like, come on. Like it's not working. It's not working for anyone. And I know when in this conversation was the fact that he cheated on me, I'm like, he did, but you took him back and you agreed to. 
Like right. there's still ownership in this. And like, right. there's still some, I'm not, I'm not saying one's better. I'm not saying anything like that, but does this right. kind of stuff and these kinds of emotions come up when you are talking with mom? Yeah, absolutely. When I look at, or when I hear that story that you just told me, I look at the infidelity as a symptom, you know, and there, and you're staying in this, you're, you're looking at the symptoms. And unfortunately there's the root core issues that are being neglected, right? They think, Oh, he cheated. Uh, you know, let's just throw a bandaid on it, but we're staying for the kids and this and that. Oh, we Why? hate each other. Just right. They, we hate each other. So yeah. let's just keep making each other miserable. But what it, people aren't healing the core problem, right? Mm-hmm. Why, why did they step out of the marriage? Look at the whys and don't focus on the symptoms, right? People are not their behavior. That's a symptom of something deeper. Like for me, it wasn't about my divorce. I got to that place because I neglected my spirit and my soul. And that brought, led me to that, that led me to a divorce. It was a symptom of denial, denying myself, betraying myself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and both of them again, have to take ownership, right? It's not just you did this and it's your fault, but I'm perfect. And so right. therefore let me punish you over and over and over again. Cause that's, what's going to happen. It's, you know, it, it so that, that cycle, you know, I talk about this hamster wheel that I, I, I have a metaphor for being in the hamster wheel and kind of spinning over and over. And my life was going in circles and it, you know, a counselor is like, Marisa, all you have to do is take yourself out of the hamster wheel. And then those people in the hamster wheel, if they want to continue spinning, let them spin. But all you have to do is take yourself out. So if you don't take yourself out and, and, and isolate yourself and really look at that, you're, you're never going to heal that because you're going to just keep spinning in a circle, right? Getting nowhere. So I really use that metaphor in every part of my life. Yeah, I think you've got, I love the hamster wheel. I was thinking, not my circus, not my monkeys. Or, yeah, that right? yeah. yeah, it's the same. Like we same. choose that, right? We choose right. to be part of it. Yeah. I think that you have even more to offer women when I listen to whether it's divorce or not. I see this, this knowledge and depth of knowledge that you have to share with people that it's like really being so true to yourself that even if you're not going through the divorce, but you're unhappy in your marriage or you are in this real state of questioning and unhappy with where you're at, I can see a huge benefit of being able to connect, like absolutely connecting with you. Cause I think you have like, you just dropped so many nuggets there that <laughs> I honestly, people will be able to reflect from it because at the end of the day, I, I say it all the time. People say, well, how did your marriage work with what you went through? Cause all the counseling groups we went to there was nobody who was married. We honestly, we never met another couple that was married. And the counselors used to say, but you have two kids you're dealing with. How is this? How are you still together? And I, I, all I can say from us, and this might be able, you can relate to it, like two broken parts can't make a whole. So I had to take ownership for my own, what I needed. My husband did too. And then you work on it together. But if you're two broken parts, there's like, you can't make a hole out of that. Right. And people are in, you know, they, this is why in coaching, when I coach relationship coaching, people want to say relationships are 50, 50. They're not, they're a hundred percent, 100%. So you, you, exactly. You need to take ownership of your 100%. And if you want out, then you take ownership a hundred percent to do what you need to do to get out. It's not, I think we have, we're, we're, we lean so much on our partner and that's what I was doing in my marriage. I leaned so much on him to make me happy, to do all the things, to fix it. And that was just an impossible task of asking somebody to do that for you. I had to do that. Mm-hmm. I had to do that. And the, the true healing isn't going to happen until that's done. No. So I think all roads lead to healing, right? For me, it's through divorce. For yeah. somebody else, it could be through weight loss or their body or whatever the situation is through a change of career or a new business. Like we have different avenues that can take us down healing. So yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to offer somebody. It doesn't have to be a divorce story. 
but that was, that's my story. Right. You know, my story was through my divorce. Yeah. I just, I just want to put that there because I think that people will be able to relate to what you're even saying that if they're not even in a state of divorce, but they're in a state of, I don't like where I am in my life right now. And I really want to create some change. I think you have absolute massive value to offer them because there's so much knowledge there. So much knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Love it. Oh yeah. my God. You're welcome. Yeah. You are so welcome. Where can people find you? reach out to you, connect with you. Where's the best places to reach out? Um, the best place is on my website at marisalupocoaching.com. Um, that kind of has everything. It has all my, my social media, um, which is also marisalupo.com. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, they can go on um, online, sign up for my newsletter. I have a few um, coaching pro- uh, co- programs that are coming out soon. For divorce moms, I have uh, one that's kind of a planning for divorce. If you're kind of in the initial stages, kind of what that that looks like and what to do and what to expect and kind of just some awareness around that. Mm -hmm. And then the other program that I have is called Untying the Knots of Divorce and Stepping into Your Purpose. Um, That's going to be coming out as well soon. So a couple cool things so they can get on the newsletter and so they can get information on that. I love it. I absolutely love it. I have um, two questions that I want to ask you that I like to ask people when we're wrapping up is number one, what impact do you want to create in the world? Um, I just really want to be able to help people find their voices. Like who are, who are they? I feel like people have lost sense of that. And so my goal, even in my writing is to empower women to find their voices and show up presence. Love it. I love it. And I mean, our voice is so powerful, right? Our voice is so, so, so powerful. I think for so many years we've silenced ourselves and I feel the shift happening where we're kind of waking up to that again. We're, we're empowering each other together. Mm -hmm. I agree. I completely agree. Last question is what lesson in life are you most grateful for? Oh my goodness. That's a big one. What lesson in life? Um, the biggest, hugest lesson, and it actually came from my eldest son, um, was surrender. He taught me surrender wholeheartedly. Um, you can read it in the book coming out. It, it shifted everything and I'm so grateful for him. And he really, through that surrender, he taught me unconditional love. That's beautiful. That is beautiful. I mean, that's a coming from a, I think that that's beautiful because a lot of people would think, how would you learn that from a boy? But I think Mm, that it's, yeah, it's, you know, and the interesting thing with surrender, I feel is it's, it's one of the most powerful life lessons that most of us can go through. And unfortunately it's one of the last things that we learn because we've tried everything else. Like we've tried everything else and it's like, I just can't control this. So let it go. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, this is like the heavens open up and you're like, this is what it should feel like to not carry things that, that aren't yours. It's just being able to breathe for the first time. Like really, like I, I envision it as a, a baby coming out of a womb in that first breath of like, just, uh, it's Whoa. just so like, I would never know what that's like, but that is what I equate it to. Like just letting go of that tug of war of years of holding onto that rope and letting go. Like, what would that feel like to you? Mm-hmm. Amazing. It's an amazing feeling. It's very powerful. And I would even say that's where your power is, is in realizing again, going back to your quote from the very beginning, which if you don't mind reading it again, because I think it's powerful. You cannot do what I need you to do if you continue to carry what isn't yours. Yeah. See, you are- It hits me every time. I ate, oh, I have, I have shivers when you say that, like, just so you understand, I have shivers. I think that that's the whole point is you can't do what you are here doing now. If you would have held on to all of the generational and all of the things that you were supposed to hold on to, to not create change, you would never, you never do what you're doing now. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. And I feel grateful for having that calling. Like I do feel great. And we all have that. We all have that calling. We do. We do. Yeah. We just have to step into it, right? We just have to step right. into that. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Well, yeah. I'm so, so proud of you. And I'm so glad we finally did this call. I think you have so much to offer people. And I am so grateful that our paths connected last year the way that they did. We talk about the universe, <sighs> serendipity, how it works. <laughs> and it's just been so wonderful to get to know you and see what impact you were creating in this world. I love it. Absolutely. Thank love you. It. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you for this whole experience. It's been beautiful and for connecting with other amazing women. Mm-hmm. And thank you for being so being that leader for me, that guiding light. (laughs) I appreciate it. You are welcome. I I love it. Absolutely love it. See, this is the thing I want to say to anyone who's listening. When you start to use your voice, you have no idea who's going to cross your path. There there are people out there that are waiting for you to speak up and then they say, oh my gosh, that's the message I've wanted to hear. And I guarantee you that's Mm going to happen after this podcast. Someone is going to listen to this and go, she gets me. And that's what I've been looking for is someone who can understand me. So thank you for speaking up too. I totally yes. appreciate you. Thank you, Marsha. You're appreciate welcome. It. You're welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.